Today is a new, new season. We are live streaming, and we have a great team, and at times with live stream, we have difficulties. As you know, when you work on your computer, at times you have difficulties. And so we are doing the best that we can. We have professionals that are part of our congregation that do a great job, and I want to thank them for their hard work and everything that they do. And when difficulties arise, look what God does. He's still here, amen? Amen. But we are in a new season. God is doing some very unique things in the body of Christ, and God is speaking to me about some particulars that uh, he has talked to me about for over a decade at Valley Community Church. One of the things that we uh, are doing during COVID time is during the offering, we are not passing the plate due to the protocols, but that is a doorway. <laughs> the enemy thought that he would attack us. You are givers, and you are doing exactly what God's called you to do. But now we have the boxes in the foyer that you can, when you come in, the Bible says we do not enter God's sanctuary empty-handed. And so our plans as givers is every single time we enter the sanctuary, we uh, have something in our hands to give. That is your tithe, your offering, but also that is your love. That is a good word to one another. That is agreement with one another. That is compassion for those that are ill, those that are going through struggles, that your prayers will be there for them, that you will be connected with them through the Holy Spirit, understanding that someone's going through a hard time and you can walk up to them. Now, I know today we can't touch each other, not supposed to, but the bottom line is we can touch them with the word of the Lord, amen, with the power of God. So, you do not come in empty-handed. So because of that, um, I believe that we can spend more time in worship and in what just happened this morning and the Word of God by not having that 10-minute time frame of announcements and offering. We will put our announcements on the, the uh, computer. You can go online, uh, myvcc.org, and you can see all the announcements. We'll be putting it on the screen before and after the services. But um, we, um, I just trust God in his leading, and I just think that I <clears throat> have the privilege of being one of the pastors of the finest people in the world, you, and you walk in spiritual giftedness, and you are givers. And you will come in. At times, we will teach on giving. We will teach on the tithe. We will teach on loving one another. But uh, we don't have to stand up every week and reminding us because we're kingdom-minded people that walk in kingdom lifestyle. And so you can either give when you come in or that you have already given online as many of you do now. So that will be a change. You will see a big difference. We will... Uh, give greater room for the prophetic, will give greater room for the moving of the Holy Spirit. And uh, God has uh, rearranged things in the midst of COVID. And uh, so I'm excited what God is doing. We also, and sorry, I'm having a little problem with my microphone here, but um, we will fix it 
also. But we um, have really moved into a realm of teaching and of getting to the place of Valley Community Church is a church that is a teaching church that equips the saints for the work of the ministry. In the process of doing this, we have given you notes that you have and you've had for over a decade. And what we're doing is we're still going to have the notes, but you can go ahead and uh, look at those notes on your computer. If you do not have a computer, you can go to the main office and they will make sure you get the notes. But what we are doing is now we are moving into a new season without notes. We will give you the scriptures on the screen. We'll give you the main points. But we're not going to give a lot in there where you can write or just get really involved in the spiritual aspect of the service. That you will be led of the Holy Spirit to pray quietly in tongues. You'll be led of the Holy Spirit to hear his voice of what God is saying, and then you will be able to write notes. In other words, what I'm wanting to see and going to see is you as the body of Christ will be writing your own sermons. I will be teaching you, but God will be speaking to you what I'm saying, but also because he knows your home. He knows you personally. He knows your prayers. He knew what you asked for yesterday. And he will say, when I say something, see, and you will write something down that he says. In other words, you will begin to be, I'm going to say it, a scribe. You will begin to write down your storyline with the notes. So uh, to some of you, maybe you're not getting what I'm saying right now, Uh, especially if you're on on the screen and you're watching us. Look at the, at, the, at the notes that we put there and download them and, and look at them and watch them and let the Lord speak to you. Um, there's a new season. Remember last week we talked about that word of that just a new season, the gate called beautiful. That word beautiful uh, is actually a word that describes Uh, the literal essence of something beautiful that God makes in his timing. And so right now, some of you might be going through a a difficult time, but in God's timing, he's going to make something beautiful out of it because it's God's timing that's perfect, not my timing. I would, I'm a type A personality, and I would like everything yesterday. I want everything done yesterday. I want everything perfect yesterday. And sometimes it doesn't work that way. So I've had to allow my spirit to work with my flesh and to get my flesh in line because uh, I don't like it when it's not in line. So that's what we're wanting to see in the body of Christ. We're going to take a, a few weeks explaining this to you, and then we will remind you periodically. But we're not going to spend like I just did right now Uh, talking about things, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to talk, to minister in his ways that he wants to touch your life. Well, turn your Bibles to Psalm 103, and we're going to continue in the series, Living a Kingdom Lifestyle, 
And remember, we began a few weeks ago talking about the benefits living this kingdom lifestyle. And today, yes, today again, we're going to talk about healing. Why are we talking about healing? Because the Bible, all throughout the Bible, everywhere you look, it talks about salvation and healing. It talks about righteousness and healing together. So the church and the world has, in the past 30 years that I've watched, has had difficulty believing in half of the gospel, half of the work of the cross. One half is where Jesus Christ shed his blood for our sins. We talked about that last week. This week, we're talking about healing. The other half is he took stripes on his back for our healing. In Psalm 103, verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities last week, who heals all your diseases. So the word healed there in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word Rapha. God said, my name is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah means I am the Lord. Rapha means who heals So God said here in Psalm 103, I am the Lord who heals. He didn't say, I am the Lord who heals sometimes. He says, I am the Lord who heals. Many again say healing stopped 2,000 years ago. Basically, they're saying a part of God stopped. They're saying that there is a part of God that is no longer for us today. Verse 3 again says, Who heals all your diseases, which is translated maladies, or physical afflictions. So let me explain this to you. Don't put spiritual afflictions on this part of the verse. This part of the verse who heals all your diseases, is physical. It's speaking about the physical part of your body. Again, the first part of verse 3 is spiritual, who forgives all your iniquities. The second part of Psalm 103 is, who heals all your diseases, which is physical. Now, the question is always brought to me, in ministry all the years is this. How come more people don't get healed? How come more people don't get healed? If God heals, how come all people aren't healed? Because you read in the Bible, when Jesus was here, everyone was healed. Well, let me just say to you, um, that's not true. Because beautiful didn't happen to them yet. Remember, we talked about that. Jesus walked by the guy at the gate called Beautiful all the time. Was he healed? No. He finally was healed when Peter and John were there. 
the beautiful timing of God. Now, let me answer that question. How come more people don't get healed by three reasons? And you've been with me a long time. Some of you are visitors. Some of you are brand new at the church. But you've been with me a long time, and you know that I I cut to the chase. I don't beat around the bush. And so I'm going to be very uh, pertinent with this. I'm going to be very strong with what I'm about to say regarding this, because what I believe that I am doing as I'm speaking, I'm doing spiritual warfare against the words and the experiences that the enemy has brought to the body of Christ that has brought a lie to the body of Christ. And the body of Christ has difficulty believing that God wants to heal them. Here's the first answer. It makes a difference what you believe. How come more people aren't healed? It makes a difference what they believe. If you don't believe healing is for today, it will affect you receiving healing today. If you believe healing has passed away, it will affect you receiving today. Psalm 103 verse 3 again. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Now some of you have heard, well, that was the Old Testament well, Hold on, in my sermon, I'm going to bring you to the New Testament or to the time of the church. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, which is spiritual and physical, which part of that verse is inspired? Which part of verse 3 is inspired by God? Which is of God and which is, is not of God? Which part is still for today? Some believe half of the verse has passed away and the other half is still available. Mostly salvation. Psalm 103.3, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. You're going to have to make a choice whether you believe the whole verse or not. The problem with the church is we have gotten so sophisticated about our bodies, we don't believe in healing anymore. Life has talked us out of healing. Experiences. Have I faced disease and sickness? Absolutely. Have I had to go to the doctors? Absolutely. So the question is, do you even want to believe God wants you well? Some people teach, well, God has put this on me because he wants to teach me something. So they don't want to believe to be well because God's teaching them something. Well, after 20 years, what did you learn? Amen. After 20 years, what did you learn about your sickness? Let me tell you what you learned. It hurts. It's awful. I am tired of sickness. I am tired of all this stuff. It has ruined my finances. Now, let me tell you, where in the world does all that come out of the blessing of God? 
God says, I will bless you. Where is that? Where it ruins your finances. It ruins your marriage. It ruins your physical body. You can't go places. You can't go to Disneyland anymore because you can't walk that far. For those who are watching somewhere else, sorry, we live close to Disneyland. Do you want to believe God wants you well, or do you believe God wants you sick? Do you want forgiveness? Of course, Pastor. Do you want healing? Is that your answer, no? It's not right believing half of what Scripture says. It amazes me how people who want to sound spiritual get on TV and quote a Scripture. And I want to say, hey, did you read the scripture after that? Or did you read the scripture before that? Isaiah 33, verse 24, but in verse 20, we're going to read verse 24, but in verse 20 it says, look up Zion. Zion is representative of the church. Verse 24, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. It's telling the church, don't you dare say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Look, healing and spiritual healing is together in the same verse. Now, people can get so crazy that they got, excuse me as I explain this, they got snot running out of their nose, they're hacking and coughing, and then they say, I'm not sick. That's not what this is saying. What this is saying is I am a person who has the ability to walk in health. And so I do go to doctors. I do take medicines. So we're not against that. There are people that teach no medicine, don't go to the doctors. That's a lie from the pit of hell, and many of those people have died because they didn't take care of what they should have taken care of. But notice, again, forgiveness and healing is in the same verse. Isaiah 53, verse 5, look at this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. We covered this last week. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. How many of you believe Jesus was wounded for our transgressions? How many of you believe he, Jesus, was bruised for our iniquities? Yeah, How many of you believe he, Jesus, was chastised for our peace? Then it says, and by his stripes we are healed. You believe that? I do. Why did Isaiah say this? Because he knew God personally as Rapha. We are healed. Now, again, some people get hung up because it's the Old Testament. Well, that's the Old Testament. The Old Testament has passed away. No, it hasn't. It hasn't passed away. <laughs> but the reality is that's what they say. But look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Isaiah is speaking before the cross and Peter after the cross. Notice the word. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by his stripes, you were. Isaiah said, are. Peter said, were healed. 
looking towards the cross, looking back towards the cross, the same cross that Jesus Christ shed his blood and took stripes on his back, that we have forgiveness of our sins and healing for our bodies. On the cross, Jesus paid for our sins and he paid for our healing. Now, we have a new season right now, all right? We have closed the nursery for our wonderful families. So when we see a child that is making a little noise, praise the Lord. Amen. So um, help me by uh, staying focused. Don't worry about who it is, what it is. And uh, they're cute. I love them. And uh, if they cry, that's all right. They can't understand a word I'm saying. So they're going to be taught by their parents. So we don't want them embarrassed. Thank you for bringing your children. I think it's awesome that parents will get up early in the morning and bring their children to church. Amen? Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. The word grief means sicknesses. The word sorrow means infirmities. Sicknesses and infirmities. Matthew 8, verse 16. Look at this. It's the quote from Isaiah. When evening had come, they brought to him, Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So here we go. Again, the New Testament. If you're sick, it is grief and it brings sorrow. Can you agree with that? If there's sickness in your body, it brings grief and it brings sorrow. So if Jesus bore them, why do you want to bear them? You don't have to. You don't have to, church. Church family, it makes a difference in what you believe. Let me give you the definition of atonement. Atonement means at one with. Atonement means at one with. God has made us at one with him. So the question is, can sin be one with God? See, all shaking your head. Come on, be vocal. I know you're muffled here, but be vocal. No. So the question, can sin be one with God? The answer is no. Here's another question. Can sickness be one with God? No. Here's the second reason. It makes a difference where you place your trust. 2 Chronicles 16, verse 12 through 13. Let me just say this to you. We've all been stricken and attacked with sickness and disease at times. So our faith doesn't point our finger at anybody and say, where's your faith when someone is attacked? But it amazes me how condemning the body of Christ can be to those who have been attacked 
and are living in sickness, or maybe their past life, they didn't know the truth. They only knew what was true. Second Chronicles 16, verse 12 and 13 says, And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. I covered this about six months ago. And his malady was severe, yet in his disease he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. Why is the the word so particular in choosing of its explanation? Asa died not because he went to the doctors. Some people read the scripture and say, see, he only went to the doctors, that's why he died. No, Asa did not die because he went to the doctors, because doctors are good. He died because he didn't seek the Lord. Where medicine came from the Lord. Wisdom of medicine in our doctors, and we have some in our church, and they're wise in their education of medicines and, and all the different things, but Jesus Christ is our healer. See, we believe in going to the doctors, but you must have your trust in God. Do everything possible. I thank God for doctors and for medicine. You can go overboard the other way. But it matters where we put our trust, church. Church family, it matters where we put our trust. The enemy causes some to walk in pride. And that's part of the reason we don't go to a doctor. If you walk in pride, the Bible tells us God resists the prideful. Now, I'm just going to speak to men here. I know that's hard to understand in our world, trying to remove gender, but I'm going to speak to our men. Men, you are really tough not going to doctors. Let me say something after that. No, you're not. God created medicine and doctors for your and my good. I know. I was like that. I didn't like medicine. I just thought, oh, I'll just go online and figure out what vitamin to take, and I'm not against vitamins. I'm for vitamins. I'm for natural, absolutely 100% for that. I'm 100% for natural I'm 100% for doctors, and I'm 150% for God. Amen? I hope I'm releasing some of you from this lying pressure that is on you to make decisions that are opposite of the Word of God because of what you've been taught in the past. We must have a faith And it comes from the knowledge of the truth. Not what is true, but the truth. Mark 10, 52 says, And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. 
Look at Luke 17, 19. And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Acts 14, verse 8 and 9. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Faith in who? Faith in God and his word. Again, let me explain it this way. I'll I'll go slow on this. It's not faith in your faith. People will have written books on that, and I know what they're saying. And I agree with what they're saying. But it's not faith in your faith. They're, they're saying that build your faith, when, especially when attacks come, get in the Word of God and build your faith. It's not faith in your faith. It is faith in what God has said and done. See, my faith in my healing or health is not in how much I believe. My faith is in the one who told me the truth that Jesus went to the cross, and when he went to the cross, he took stripes on his back for my healing, physical healing. So let's say it again a little bit different way so you understand. It's not faith in your faith. It's not even faith in being healed. I'll say it again. It's not even faith in being healed. Because you know what happens? You start praying, God, I believe your word. If by Jesus Christ I'm healed. And then you go, God, I believe. You know, and, and we, we waste our lifestyle, our time, because we're trying to think that we prayed enough, we pleased God enough, we have faith enough, I'm a faith guy. I'm a word of faith guy. I'm a guy of faith who's in the word, however you want to say it. But it's faith in God and what God did. But pastor, you don't know my experience. I may not know your experience. God does. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. James 5.14. Is anyone sick among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. See, pastor, I've been sick because we don't have the elders now because they can't touch me. No. Does this say let the elders call you? No. It says you call them. That's called Faith. You get an agreement with the Word of God with those that know the Word of God. An elder is mature in the Word of God. Look at verse 15 of James 5. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. See? Healing physical, healing spiritual. Notice, and if he has committed sins... He will be forgiven. Notice the word if. Some people think, what did they do wrong? 
You're sick. What did you do wrong? You have a disease. What did you do wrong? There's something wrong with you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. All I got to say to anyone that's listening, if that's the way you think, stop. That's not walking in a kingdom lifestyle. That is judging others. And if we judge others, God says, I will judge you. A little strong, I know, but it's true. Now, some sickness is a result of sin, but some, not all. Most is a result of the enemy coming in and wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're sick, search your heart, all right, because there's truth there. If you're sick, search your heart, not with guilt or condemnation, but did think, did I open the door for the enemy to come in and bring sickness in my body? And I'm not going to spend any time, what does that mean? You know, because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Notice again, another verse with forgiveness and healing in the same passage. It's all there. It's a kingdom lifestyle. Salvation, righteousness, and healing. Hmm. James 5.16. I didn't think I was going to go to that one. I was going to skip it, but the Lord's telling me to do it. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Confess your trespasses. Open your heart to God's graces. Open your heart to God's graces. You know, I figured out after 63 years that once in a while I was wrong. Notice once in a while. (laughs) So you open up your heart for others to be able to minister to your heart. Fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. You basically have the advantage because you're a born-again child of God. You have the advantage. Well, let's go to the third one, and we'll, we'll finish with this. There is a difference between fact and truth. Luke 8, verse 41, verse 42. Let's just kind of get into the story without explaining it. And behold, there came a, a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of a synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged, begged, begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age. And she was dying. But as he went, the multitude gathered or thronged or was around him where he could not move fast. So let me just ask you this. If you're 12 years old, or if you had a 12-year-old and they were dying, would you believe in healing? I would think so. Would you quit all the arguments theologically and try to get to Jesus? If the doctor gave you those words and said you're dying, would you just say, oh, okay, and go home and go to Disneyland? 
Or would you want to be part of a church that believed in healing? Why? To get in touch with God. Valley Community Church is a word church that believes in healing. Absolutely, you would want that. You would do anything you could. You would break your covenant and you would go to a doctor. Jairus begged Jesus to come. Verse 42. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as Jesus went, the multitude thronged him. Now a woman, notice, same time frame, having a flow of blood for 12 years, same amount of years, 12 years old, 12 years with the disease, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any of them. Again, where's your trust? But she could not be healed by any. So the daughter was 12 years old, the woman with issue of blood, 12 years of sickness. Same time frame. Look at Mark 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things. Now look, this verse tells us she suffered many things. In other words, it got worse and she suffered pain from the doctors trying to help her from many physicians. She had spent all that she had. She became broke and was no better, but rather grew worse. So she grew worse spending all her money and went through many procedures. Are you not feeling the stress and pain of the two stories? Are you not feeling and understanding that right there, that there are two groups of people that had great torment going on in their life. Luke 8, 44. Came from, she came from behind the woman with issue of blood and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. So the question is, who touched who? The answer is, she didn't even touch Jesus, but the border of his garment. Talking about faith. So verse 45 then says, and Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, you're nuts. Why are you saying who touched? Everybody's touching you. But Jesus says, somebody touched me for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Who are you going after when something comes against you? Are you going to that secret place? Are you touching the garment of God? Are you touching God? Because we all need a touch from Jesus. Who among us is persistent enough to touch him? Not waiting, but going after him in faith. We talked about that a few weeks ago, what, what patience and faith is. But the reality, church family, is 
God is asking us in this kingdom lifestyle to be persistent. To go after God. Don't go after 100,000 people asking them their agreement. We need people to agree with us in prayer. Prayer is important. Brothers and sisters in the Lord are important. Calling for the elders, that's faith, uh, is important. But we need to individually go after God. Your spouse can get a miracle for you, absolutely. But God is wanting personal relationship with you in this kingdom lifestyle, and he wants you to take responsibility to touch God, even though all the mess of life is thronging around you. All the lies of the past and all the experiences and what the world says and what false teachers teach, you have to go through that and get to his garment and grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of them. What does that take? And you know, I'm going to say something now to answer that question. What does that take? I don't know. Whatever it takes. To some, you've been in the secret place. To some, you've been in prayer. You pray in tongues. You do all these different. You read through the Bible every year. But what's it going to take for you to touch God? Some of you may have never opened or cracked the the Bible open. What's it going to take for you to touch God? Now remember Jairus, his daughter? Verse 49. While he was still speaking, someone came from the rulers of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. In other words, you gave up. You accepted the penalty and the condemnation that Satan has put on you. Don't trouble the teacher. Your faith and your prayer never trouble the teacher. How many of you have your children call you and say, hey, Dad, let's spend some time together? How many of you say, I don't have time. Maybe some bad fathers say that, but most fathers wouldn't. You covet that time. So here's Jesus' response, verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. (laughs) Some people will say to you, what did the doctor say? You tell them what the doctor says, but I'm believing God. (laughs) Yeah, right. You're believing God. Why don't you just accept the truth? That's not truth. The truth is Jesus Christ took stripes upon his back for your healing. What is true is that you're sick. But are you going to press into God or are you going to listen to the throng of people telling you, just give up, throw it away? Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. There's a difference between fact and truth. The fact was she was dead. 
The truth was she was sleeping. Jesus says, I am the truth. They ridiculed Jesus because they knew the facts. The doctor tells you the facts. You see, you hear, you feel the facts. But Scripture tells us our faith goal is to find out the truth. That's how you become persistent. You find out the truth. Oh, I'm going to go to a book. No, don't go to a book. Go to the book, the Bible. Find out what God said. Jesus is the truth. The fact is the woman has been sick for 12 years. The fact was the daughter died at 12 years of age. The truth was for both to touch the truth, and that is faith in Jesus. The father had said, come, I beg you to touch my daughter. The father represented the daughter and in faith went to Jesus and touched him. And Jesus was moved to go, even though many said, don't go, and many ridiculed him. So the woman was healed because she touched the hem. Verse 54, but he put them all aside, took her by the hand, the little girl, and called, saying, little girl, arise. The truth is, the hand of grace touched and rose her up from sleep. It's called living a kingdom lifestyle. What about healing? I'll put it all together in a nutshell. Touch God. Whatever it takes, touch God. The truth will set you free. Let's all stand. The Holy Spirit is still here, especially because truth has been proclaimed throughout this sanctuary. If you're listening to me on the screen, you're still with us. God loves you. Anyone in the sound of my voice, if you're here, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Today's the day. The Bible says to believe in your heart, to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> now you have an advantage because you are a son or a daughter of God. Church family, I long for the day to hug you. My wife and I, the staff, we love you. We stand here amazed at who you are in Christ. I challenge you why God gave this to me the beginning of the year. I challenge you to grow in this kingdom lifestyle with us. From the youngest to the oldest, grow grow in this kingdom lifestyle. Don't miss a service. In a couple, two, three months, we will have Sunday night. Hopefully, we'll be announcing 
When we hear the exact time frame, we'll tell you so that you can come because there's some on the screen that have watched us and now they're running to work. Or they're at work and they can't watch us till later. But now they're going to be able to come and uh, hug one another and be a part of the church family physically. From youth ministry, women's ministries, men's ministry, you name it, we will have a time frame that we'll announce. We will begin that, and I promise you, it will be so powerful. God is speaking. God is doing great things. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week. See you next Sunday.